Hey, this is Nick here. I wanted to send a quick message to the founders out there. If you're raising your first round of capital and you're not located in the Bay Area, New York City, or Boston, we'd love to connect with you. Newstack leads deals for founders that don't fit the standard Silicon Valley profile and are located in undercapitalized areas. If that describes you, or if you know a startup that fits that description, please send us an email. It's team at newstack.vc. Now here's a word from our partners. This episode of TFR is brought to you by Pacific Western Bank. Pacific Western is the leading provider of venture debt and banking services to startups, growth stage companies, and their investors. Go to pacwest.com to learn more. Welcome to the podcast about investing in startups, where existing investors can learn how to get the best deal possible. And those that have never before invested in startups can learn the keys to success from the venture experts. Your host is Nick Moran, and this is The Full Ratchet. Welcome back to TFR for a special installment of Investor Stories. In this segment, the investors tell a story about some of the most odd and unusual situations they've ever encountered as investors. This is the segment called The Strange and Unusual. On today's special segment, we have Lyndall Ekman of Foundry Group next. Lyndall, can you tell us a story about one of the strangest or most unusual pitches you've encountered during your time as an LP? Uh, so I'm going to use uh, an experience I had. Not not a direct pitch, but an experience. I was in India in 2007, probably, 2008. Bull market. Um, had agreed to do a panel in India late in the day uh, at, a, at a fairly large conference. I and uh, you know three other LPs, um, like I said, last panel, late in the day, pretty big conference. We wanted to raise our profile at Utemco, but wow, holy wow. I mean, the group of LPs, as we came off the stage, were just besieged by a crowd of people just poking, literally poking business cards at us and blocking any exit. Uh, at that point, I, I mean, literally, there's like just a crowd. I mean, you know, you almost need security. It felt like I turned to my friend, Ken Schimberg. He was uh, he was at Brown University then and said, follow me. And it literally felt like I was lead blocking my way out of there uh, to get to the stairwell and out. And so I thought we were clear. Um, I had made it to my room in the adjacent hotel. But to their, I guess, credit or discredit aggressiveness, certainly my room telephone started ringing. So I, you know, I had to unplug it, and there were a few knocks at my door of my hotel room. No but way. I didn't answer it. So that is is probably the extreme of of aggressiveness that maybe maybe GP shouldn't follow that act. <laughs> you got to appreciate a little hustle, but that's way too much. <laughs> <laughs> that was strange. <laughs> <laughs> On today's special segment, we have Chris Duvos of VIA. Chris, can you tell us a story about one of the craziest situations and or pitches you've encountered? You know, I'll tell a flip story, but then I'll tell a more in-depth one that actually has a lesson to it. One of the craziest pitches I've ever had was I met this group for the first time. They were pretty credible. They're totally investable. I think they've gone on to raise you know, money from credible investors and have had some investing success. But literally, as we're parting ways... They said, you know, what feedback do you have for us? And I said, you know, let me digest a little bit. I need to think about kind of where you guys might fit. And the guy said to me, 
one of the GPs, he goes, well, what's it going to take? Hookers? Blow? Will that make the difference? <laughs> I was so appalled. And I'm like, is he joking? Because he looked serious. But I'm like, maybe he's trying to deadpan. But then I'm like, dude, that like we've known each other for just north of an hour. Like, that's not a joke. I was like, wow, so appalled pretty aggressive. A, a public service announcement for all the VCs out there, like hookers and blow will not make the average LP, <laughs> uh, you know, kind of open up their wallet. Wendell, um, Wendell Ackman had like a very similar story, very similar to this. I wonder if it's the same manager. <laughs> <laughs> I got to call him up and find out. So the other one is actually, there's a meta lesson here. And the meta lesson is, I think everybody today is obsessed with differentiation. And I think people have gotten the message that the market's crowded, so you have to be different. But different for the sake of being different sometimes is just weird, right? And what I mean when I say differentiation is, you know, what is your durable competitive advantage, right? I might actually see a manager that is the same as the manager I just met with, but has a much more, you know, robust, you know, competitive moat. And that is differentiated, even though they have this, you know, similar strategies. And the thing that, you know, I sat down with somebody recently and I, you know, I write a lot, I tweet a lot. And this person clearly read some of the stuff and he sat down with me and he said, you know, I'm really differentiated. And I go, okay, tell me about your strategy. He goes, okay, well, you know, dorm room fund. I'm like, yeah, you know, he's like, you know, the dorm room fund finds these, you know, kids at colleges and, and what have you. And there's a lot of energy. He goes, here's my vision. He goes, in a lot of startups, the biggest cost is founder salaries, which actually I've not found to be uniformly true. So what if we found people who don't need big salaries because they're living at home like high school students? So we're going to do a dorm room fund for high schools. <laughs> oh, no. He's like, that's differentiated, isn't it? I'm like, no, that's just crazy. <laughs> and so, you know, that's a, a weird recent pitch. And, you know, kind of brings up this bigger and important lesson. Ugh. You could fund people that are working at large corporations, but <laughs> how are they How are they going to build the startup if they're doing another job? Well, right. Exactly. <laughs> your side yeah. hustle. Your, high, your side hustle is a startup. <laughs> at this point, if you're a VC, you've heard of Carta. You've probably even accepted securities from a portfolio company on the platform. It feels like every new company is using Carta, and there's already 16,000 VC-backed companies on the platform. They also offer tools and services for VCs like fund administration. Carta has an army of fund accountants delivering high-quality service and dedicated teams of engineers constantly improving the functionality of their user-friendly investor platform with in-app quarterly reporting, real-time fund metrics, LP portals, and more. It's also easy to switch from an existing fund administrator or to augment your in-house team with their service. Learn more about their services at carta.com forward slash investors. And this episode of TFR is brought to you by Pacific Western Bank. Pacific Western specializes in providing financial services to startups, growth stage companies, and their investors, helping to navigate financial obstacles by providing access to funds and expertise. Pacific Western's customized products and team of venture banking specialists provides a banking experience designed specifically with startups and VCs in mind. If you run a tech company or if you invest in tech companies, it's strongly advisable that you build a relationship with the folks at Pacific Western. Go to pacwest.com to learn more. On today's special segment, we have Samil Shah. 
Samil, can you tell us a story about the craziest situation you've been in or craziest pitch you've ever received? Yeah, I would I would say there was one situation which really informed my thinking, so I was thankful of it, where there was this LP and they were interested and they weren't as sophisticated in terms of venture. They were sophisticated investors, but just not in venture. And they kind of asked this question that just surprised me, which was like, hey, how do I model out a return for this? And I just thought, like, I kind of snapped back in my chair. And I was like, you can't model out a return. And they were like, well, no, I need to get, you know, this X. And I was like, well, we can make up a model where you get it. <laughs> but, like, you can't, you can't really model it. And he was like, well, why not? He's like, you should be able to model everything. And I'm like, yeah, in Excel you can. But really the work that we do here is that if you are going to invest in a VC fund, whether you're investing in Benchmark or investing in Homebrew or investing in any fund, what you're essentially doing as an LP is you're sort of saying and looking at those protagonists, those managers, and you're saying, I trust this group of managers to allocate some of my money to let's say 30 groups of founding teams, right? Yep. Now, the decision they make on where to allocate it and when, I'm wholly entrusting to them. And as we know in like venture portfolios, like one, two, or three of those 30 founding teams end up subsidizing the rest, right? Yep. If, if you're Power lucky law. to have a yep. return. Power law. So really as the LP, it's not about modeling return. It's like looking at the manager and saying, do I trust you to allocate money to people who are worthy of having it? Because you know, like 90% of the time, maybe a little bit less, it's not going to work out. And so really the network of founders in that portfolio are subsidizing each other. That's the industry. Right. And when you think about it that way, the selection really moves from modeling a return to thinking about, do I trust this person to allocate money to the right people? Did you tell them that? Was that your response? I did. I did. And then I used that logic on a lot of people who brought it up. But it, I just remember that particular meeting where you know he was coming at it from top down, which is sort of the world he lives in. And I was really thinking about it bottoms up, like what actually happens on the ground. You know, I feel like I've gotten similar questions, not at the fund level, but like, how do you value a startup at this stage? Or what do you think the outcome will be for this particular startup? And I'm sort of at a loss with some of those questions because, I mean, I can talk about how we value companies, but a lot of this is uh, art and you can't really predict the size of the outcomes. You're just betting on the best teams and the biggest potential markets and letting that exceptional team drive the outcome. I kind of said the same thing. What I told people is when I made when I make the investment, I know why I'm making it in that moment of time. But everything after it's hard to predict a year later why did you make that investment, you know? So, I think in the moment that you're making it, you should have clarity around it. It's just hard to know where things are going to happen and I think Bryce Roberts had a great tweet about this where he kind of said like you know, not all good investments are good businesses and not all good businesses are good investments, right? Now, I also haven't had enough experience to know or even observe 
you know, what the time cycle is. Like, is it five to seven years? Is it seven to 10 years of when you get liquid? So I have no idea myself. Right. And entrepreneur, I mean, Fred Wilson had a great interview at Upfront Summit a few years ago where he just said, like, VCs cannot control when you have a liquidity opportunity. So you just don't have control over that. You don't know when a company could sell. You don't know for how much. It's pretty random. It's more random than people want to think. And I think partially in the process, they want to put some structure around it so that when they sell it to the group or the committee, there's at least a record of saying, okay, here, here's what we're planning, you know, here's what we're trying to do. Yeah. It sort of takes an LP that can appreciate this asset class for what it is, which is different than the many others. Yep. Absolutely. That will conclude this installment of Investor Stories. If you're enjoying the program and would like to see it continue, take a moment and leave a five-star review in iTunes. Also, if you'd like updates on new content from TFR, as well as the top 10 VC articles every week, go to fullratchet.net and sign up for the newsletter. Okay, that will wrap things up for today. Until next time, over-prepare, choose carefully, and invest confidently. Thanks for joining me.